All right, everybody, welcome to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and, of course, Even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this one, we have another Aussie motocross focus show as I'm joined by special guests and privateer hero and Jacob Sweet. How's life, mate? And thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's good. Thanks for having me on. No worries, mate. It was good catching up with you and Coolum at the final of the Aussie motocross. It was obviously sad to see the circuit go, but yeah, you were doing double duties, racing the 250 and the 450 class, mate. Impressive effort. So how was the weekend for you? I know the back played up a bit, but it was a pretty warm weather, pretty brutal track, pretty tough weekend all around, mate. Yeah, no, it was brutal. Uh, doing the two classes, uh, it was something I wanted to try, and I thought last round, give it a shot, but sort of all unraveled as, you know, had a bike malfunction in the 250 race, and then the 450 race, just back was cooked, and yeah, it was just hard to ride. The track was brutal, and the boys were fast, so it was kind of hard to keep that pace going the whole time. Yeah, mate, and obviously you work full-time as well as doing the motocross, you know, racing professionally, so it's not like you can dedicate your whole week to just training and preparing yourself for these things. And obviously, being from Victoria, you had to stay up probably all week in Queensland because it was a back-to-back round. So how was that all for you, mate? And it's a pretty gruelling schedule, isn't it? Yeah, it's hard to, you know, do that sort of thing while working full-time and try and get training in during the week and, you know, I sort of just focus on fitness and, um, you know, racing, riding on the weekends. But, yeah, trying to do that and, you know, come back and forth from Queensland working, it's it's a juggle, but, you know, we got it done. So Yeah, mate. How many days a week do you actually get to ride, obviously, around the full-time work? Do you try to squeeze in two or three days, this kind of thing? It's hard. It's because, like, where I am in Victoria, there's not a lot of tracks that are open and you've got to have people with private tracks. So, like lately, I haven't really even ridden during the week. It's just been at the races on the weekend and then showing up and, yeah, just doing what I can. Oh, yeah, that's impressive, mate. I was obviously speaking to Liam Andrews, and then you know well last week, and he was saying he was doing 90 minutes, you know, just to train, and that's a kind of similar case for you too, isn't it? Yeah, just trying to find tracks that are, you can ride, that you can just get onto at any time is hard. So, yeah, you got to travel a couple of hours, you know, just to get to a track and, it costs a lot going back and forth every day, stuff like that. It's just, yeah. Oh, mate, it's pretty impressive what you, you know, privateer guys do, just like fueled by passion, just, you know, really love it, just want to do the best you can. And, you know, it's pretty cool that, you know, you must get a lot of respect from the fans and, you know, you like that kind of stuff on social media. People, you know, they definitely really resonates with the average person, what you guys are doing, because it's not easy, is it, mate? You sort of put all your heart and soul into it and your money as well and, and the support of your family. It's It's so crucial as well, isn't it? Yeah, 100%, you know, just being a privateer is hard and, you know, a lot of the, like, fans love to come up and talk to you and just because they, they can kind of relate to you, you know, you got to fund it all yourself and, yeah, stuff like that. Would you find it's sort of like an extra full-time job on top of obviously working and racing as well as it kind of like putting all those ducks in a row? There's so much to do from getting the bike prepared to getting all your gear ready, booking flights, you know, doing stuff with sponsors. It's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes, isn't it, mate? Yeah, like just working during the week, you know, you get home three or four o'clock in the Arvo and then if you've just raced on the weekend, you know, you got to do full bike prep and then 
you know, you don't want to be up too late because you've got to get, get up at 5 o'clock the next morning, you know, just stuff like that. It makes it hard, but, you know, you've got to be committed to be able to do it. So That's it. That was the key word. A lot of the guys say committed. If you're going to do it, you got to go all in. So I guess you've had some pretty good rounds this year. Obviously, you're doing the Vic titles as well as the Pro MX, the Australian National Series. So you've had some really good rounds, mate, haven't you? You've been sort of happy with the season as a whole or you're always sort of looking for more, I guess? Yeah, looking for more. But, you know, I had a personal best at Aubrey with Donga. Yeah. I was running top five for most of the race and then obviously the mud caught me out a little bit and I ended up 11th. So I was stoked with that. And then, yeah, the rest of the year's been pretty good. I've been having a few good results you know top 15s and stuff like that but yeah it's been good yeah it's impressive mate just sort of how was that day at Wodonga obviously absolutely brutal conditions obviously you don't mind the bit of mud though mate and do you have a preference for hard pack or sand in general yeah so I, I usually I've ridden sand my whole life and then being down in Victoria the mud you know it's so wet down here you're always riding mud so that helped a lot on that day I, I loved the like the conditions. I was enjoying myself, but yeah, it was just hard on the bikes and the cleanup after it wasn't fun. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, a lot of blokes' bikes were sort of expiring that day. It was absolutely savage, but yeah, you seemed to get through it pretty well and manage it, mate. Let the skills come to the fore. That's for sure. And just wanted to get your take on the tracks and the prep. I guess general in Pro MX this year, it's been a bit all over the shop. Obviously, one thaggy, the tragedy that was out of everyone's control, and that one got cancelled. And Appen was like the 40-degree mudder, and then you had Wodonga, which was a mudder that's completely out of anyone's hands there. And then, you know, you had Maitland, Gilman, Toowoomba, QMP. You know, you've been happy with it all. Coolham as well. There's been a lot of talk about it, how things could have been maybe done better. So just your thoughts about it in general, and would you change anything? Yeah, so obviously the first, like the first couple rounds, the tracks were quite wet early on so it kind of made it hard racing wise to actually be able to race it was just sort of all funnel into the one line but as the year got on like Maitland was a good step in the right direction track prep wise like it was a bit more of a racy track and then Gilman was pretty good and then obviously Toowoomba I loved that track I thought honestly the best track of the year prep wise and just scenery and the way the track raced and you're able to really go at it with the other riders and go back and forth sort of thing. And then, yeah, QMP was awesome as well. And then Fulham, obviously, that's just a brutal track in general. It's hard to do much with that. Yeah. Obviously, it's a great place to go for the finale. Everyone loves it near the beach. It's, you know, super nice weather and that kind of stuff, mate. Obviously, it's going to be no more. So moving forward, what are your thoughts on having the final? Would you like to have it next year? You know, people have mentioned Harvey Bay, Cairns, Mackay. Would you like to have it in Queensland, mate, near the beach so you can have a little holiday afterwards? But I suppose that doesn't really apply to you when you work full time, does it, mate? So what are your thoughts on where they should hold the last one? You know, I honestly, I'd love to see it down in Victoria at Rosebud Motorbike Track or something. That's a proper sand track as well. So it'd be good to have something like that down here for us, especially down on the Mornington Peninsula. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, mate, definitely ticks the beach vibe for them there, and it's pretty close to the city. So I'm sure that'd keep a lot of them happy, mate, to sort of finish the season off there. But, yeah, just I wanted to ask you, how do you manage the the gaps in the schedule? Obviously, I think between the, the sixth and the seventh round, there was, what, seven-week break, wasn't it, mate? So that's a lot of time. Does that is that a good thing for you when you're working? Do you find it gives you a breather? Or would you rather just sort of maybe do more rounds 
and maybe squeeze the season in a bit more of a condensed fashion. It's interesting. What a lot of guys say it's hard. Obviously, you can race the Vic State titles and stuff, but you just want to get those gate drops as well, don't you? So it's a tough one they got to deal with, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit hard. It was pretty long break, so like you know, it was just trying to find other races around just to kind of keep in that form. So it was kind of. It was a shock coming back to the Nationals after so, so long off. But, you know, we had a Vic round in there and a couple local races and stuff. But, yeah, I'd, I kind of would rather it a little bit closer together so it could kind of keep the flow going and you keep the momentum going sort of thing. But, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it, mate? And just sort of racing against those heavy hitters week in, week out, do you find you've sort of improved individually massively as a rider, just exposing yourself to that level of competition because you've got guys like, you know, Wilson Todd, Nathan Crawford, you know, these guys are world championship level guys and, you know, they've proven themselves in overseas and Australia in a lot of ways and they're just on another level, especially in that 250 class and then, you know, the 450 class, which you've tried your hand at as well with, you know, Ferris, Beaton, Webster, Tanty, Clout. Waters, Gibbs, there's just so many, isn't there, mate? So it must have sort of been good, I guess, learning experience racing against those guys. And the key things you sort of take away, the intensity, the stamina, I guess it always gives you something to work on, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. You know, racing with those boys, they've got such fast pace early on. So, you know, you got to be on it straight away. And it just makes you have to go hard the whole time. So it's good, you know, racing those boys. It really brings you up to speed and, you know, throws you in the deep end. So you got to really improve straight away. And it honestly, like racing the nationals, you see a lot more improvement out of yourself than, you know, going to local races and going and winning and stuff. You know, you're better off going to the big show and sort of throwing yourself in the deep end and go for it, I guess. Yeah, mate. And then I suppose you can sort of put what you can into practice within your schedule. Would you say that a lot of it's just you would obviously love to have more bike time, wouldn't you, mate? But what does your sort of program look like off the bike as well during the week? Do you get up early and do stuff or get home from work and do whatever, cycling, gym, all this kind of thing too, mate? Yeah, so usually during the week, I I usually train at CrossFit after work. So I I love CrossFit and it doesn't really feel like it's, you know, you have to do it. It's something I enjoy which is what I've found is good, you know, because a lot of the time, you know, exercise, you sometimes don't want to do it. But when you enjoy something, it makes it more like beneficial for yourself as well because you want to keep going. And um, I've seen heaps of improvement with myself personally with going to CrossFit and, um, yeah, just stronger on the bike and, you know, going better endurance and stuff like that. Yeah, mate, you're a bigger bloke and it obviously, you know, you got to hold on to those things, especially at a place like Coolum, the upper body, the legs, it certainly cops a big workout. So I guess it helps, especially with those 450s on a lot of those tighter tracks, you're really holding on pretty hard a lot of the time, aren't you? Because I guess they're almost too big for a lot of the tracks and too powerful, the 450s these days, aren't they? Yeah, the 450s are something else, especially on tight tracks, just trying to, you know, control the power and, you know, arm pump is a major factor on 450s and, you know, holding on. So, yeah, being being strong on the bike helps a lot with the 450. No, it's cool, mate. Yeah, they're certainly a beast. And, you know, you hear like even Liam Everts for the Nations, for Belgium, he's obviously racing the 250 and MX2. He's not even going to do the class he's in because it's a 450, but he's going to race a 350. So it just sort of shows that, you know, you've got to be ready for it when, you, when it's time because they're not for everyone and you've got to build up to it, mate. So it's pretty cool. And I wanted to ask you about your time training in America because you went over there for a stint. That must have been an amazing experience. Did you enjoy it and get a lot out of it? And would you like to go back again, I guess? 
Yeah, that yeah, that was an awesome experience for me. I, I went there at the end of 2021, um, around end of December, and um, stayed there till, I think, mid-March. So it was about a three-month stint I was there, and I was at Millsap's training facility the whole time, living, training um, there. And, yeah, I've learned a lot out of that, um, you know, helped a lot with my mentality on the bike as well just the way they train you and um yeah they do a lot with you know physical fitness off the bike and uh on bike training and it was a lot because you you're riding four days a week full on you know training every day in the gym and um yeah it was such a good experience and yeah I'd love to do it again obviously with work it's a bit hard at the moment but I think when I finish my apprenticeship maybe I'll go back over and you know do a little bit and stuff like that yeah, it'd be pretty cool, mate. It just sort of recalibrates your focus. And I guess a lot of those lessons you learn, you can apply to your riding back in Australia, mate. But obviously, it's not easy just to go over for, you know, three months at a time when you've got so many commitments back home. But have you got any sort of plans for next year as well, mate? Obviously, racing the Pro-MX again is the goal. Are you, you know, talking to some teams or are you going to stick to the privateer program and you probably enjoy the freedom you can have with that as well in some ways? Yeah, so I'll I'll do the same sort of thing next year. The Vic titles, Australian, you know, Pro-MX series, and you know, local races. Um, I'll def I'll probably be sticking honestly with the privateer thing. Um, I do have like you know options to go other brand of bikes and stuff. So I'm just sort of seeing what plays out at the moment. You know, see what I'm gonna do next year. And yeah, the freedom with privateer is good because I've got personal sponsors that have been with me for a long time and um you know going on a team it's hard to sort of bring them with you and you know keep that sort of program going so yeah yeah absolutely mate do you want to give a quick shout out to some of those personal sponsors and you know shine the spotlight on them because obviously you can tell you're so grateful for all the help you receive because it means the world to you know privateers like yourself who literally are the lifeblood of the sport mate and i'm sure they're happy you're representing them with pride too yeah, hundred percent. I'd I'd love to thank Cassins um for coming on board, you know, last year and they've supported me this year, you know, head to toe in gear. And yeah, they gave me a chance really when no one else wanted to help me out. You know, I couldn't even get half price on a set of gear off anyone, you know. And they they really come through, you know, decked me out with gear bags, gear, you know, boots, helmets, um, stuff like that. And um Another person I'd like to thank is Bruce Linsdale, who's been with me since 65 days um, doing my engines and suspension work. And he's helped me, you know, the whole way with, you know, bike setup and, you know, coaching me on the bike as well. And, you know, he, um, yeah, he loves to help me out. And, uh, yeah, very appreciative of him. And um, I'd like to thank Team Moto Frankston. Um, they've helped me out with, you know, some bikes um since i was probably 15 um that's when i went on to yamaha and i've um been on yamaha ever since and yeah just thanks to those people oh it's so cool mate yeah they're so grateful for that i bet and also just give a word out to your parents obviously great people obviously do so much to help you as well just sort of give an insight into how grateful you are for them and all the help they give you both during the week and on race weekends because they're so important like so many privateers without their parents it's probably not possible is it no 100 percent. i'd love to thank mum and dad you know mum's uh probably the 
gets the Hard Achiever Award. You know, she's driving back and forth to the national rounds all the time while I'm working. And, um, yeah, you know, Dad's in the shed with me every night working on bikes. And obviously he works as well, so it's hard for him to get some, to some of the national rounds. But he tries to come as much as he can. And, um, yeah, I'd love – yeah, just been really great for, you know, the whole – year you know helping me out and uh yeah yeah mate it's awesome you can tell you got that attitude really humble sort of strong work ethic i guess you credit that to the parents and and the upbringing mate they've taught you well and you sort of carry those lessons not just in your moto but in your life as well i guess yeah you know they've taught me you know you got to be grateful for everything you get because um you know you don't just get things handed to you you know just when you want and um yeah they've been it's been good yeah, mate, awesome. And just going back to, you know, when you're a junior getting started in motocross, obviously we've got so many listeners from America, Europe, all over. And just tell us a bit about how you got into the sport and how you sort of rose through the ranks as a kid and, you know, to where you now are racing professionally. It must be a pretty cool story, I bet. Yeah, it was just, it's like a lot of people, you know, you start off riding motorbikes and then as a, at a young age and then, you know, you go to tracks and then you get talking to people and then you start going to local races and then yeah it just goes from there and then like when I um had Bruce Linsdale start helping me out when I was on 65s that's when it started taking off like he was you know pushing me to go to bigger races like the Australian titles and stuff like that and then yeah ever since then it's just been a national level the whole way yeah awesome mate what are some of the key milestones I saw you've got a top 10 in the Australian junior titles who are you sort of racing against that year and just in general, growing up, who have been the guys in your age group you've been battling it out with? Yeah, like uh, I got seventh on 85s at the Australian titles. You know, that was against people like Benny Novak, who's fast boy himself. Yep. You know, he gets around and, um, yeah, just, you know, racing Liam Andrews and stuff like that as a junior and you know, stuff like that. Yeah, it's a pretty strong scene there in Victoria as well, isn't there, mate? Obviously, the pro formula you know, programs down there, it's really good. And you got Andrews and stuff. So you find the Vic titles are sort of a decent preparation for your race in the nationals. There's probably, what is it, just a handful of sort of, you know, national level guys each week you get to fight out with? Yeah, the Beatons boys and that come, they come to the first couple of rounds. And it's good when they come because, you know, it gives you someone to chase and it makes the racing good. And Liam obviously was there all year. People like George Knight, Wilson Dash, you know, privateers themselves so yeah the racing isn't too bad in victoria to be honest you know it's pretty fast when those boys come down yeah mate you obviously would probably like to do some of those sunny states in queensland if you had the budget but that's a damn strong series too isn't it mate in australia so the board's definitely in a good place isn't it there's so many fast guys there's some pretty good racing lots of opportunities and i guess you look at the pro mx the tv package is really good too isn't it so you guys can go back and watch the races and pick up pointers or even watch the races during the weekend and just see where you can improve so you find that that's a really massive help to having that coverage here in australia because a lot of domestic ones i guess in europe don't have that level of coverage so it's definitely a good asset to you guys isn't it yeah 100 percent. it's been good that they've you know started live televising that and um yeah being able to go back and watch you know see you know, you see yourself on the screen off the start and stuff like that. And when you're up there off, you know, get up there in the positions. And, um, yeah, it's good to go and go back and watch what some of the faster boys are doing as well up front, seeing what lines they're taking, seeing what you can do differently. But, yeah, it's good. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely in a good place, mate. And you find the media coverage is getting more and more, and you enjoy doing these kind of media things, podcasts, uh, you know, talking to people at the races. Or it's probably a bit draining when you're at the races, but are these kind of things you enjoy it, mate, and to sort of spread the message about your program and just your career, it's cool for you? Yeah, 100%. I love when, you know, people want to, you know, see what the privateers have got going on. And, you know, I feel like they need to sort of target privateers more, you know, see what they're doing with their sort of programs and, you know, put them in the spotlight a bit more as well, not just the sort of top three. But, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it must be pretty cool. Like seeing Trent from Moto Limit, I've I've had him on a podcast here and he's obviously big on the privateers, mate. So it's pretty cool to catch up with those guys and just see people out there that are really interested in what you guys are doing and give you guys, I guess, a platform to spread the word to, isn't it? Yeah, it's good what he's doing, you know, trying to, get those privateers up in the spotlight sort of thing, you know, putting them out there. So it's always good when, you know, there's people not in the sport just to look at the top, you know, three. So when you got people like Moto Limited, you know, doing stuff like that, it's always good. Do you guys find it tough to get media? Because you hear even the Supergross guys, they find it tough to get videos or just even photos to post about their weekend. Is that something you guys have issues too as privateers? Because you don't have the budget to get a videographer and a photographer at every round or whatever, like a lot of the teams do, mate. So is that something obviously you'd be grateful for as well? Sort of more broader coverage, I guess, of you guys too, isn't it? Yeah, it's obviously hard being a privateer. You don't have, you know, a camera following you around all weekend. So a lot of the time you got mum or dad, you know, taking videos for you, photos. And then obviously Trent does his photo packs after the weekends and he's all, he's got all the riders in there as well. So it's always good you can go through, look at some videos, you know, post them up on your Instagram or Facebook and, you know, promote yourself a little bit. Yeah, awesome, mate. you got so much to deal with in a weekend, just, you know, even small things to take the burden off some massive help because, you know, just racing, that's a lot you put on yourself, mate. And do you put a lot of pressure and weight of expectation on yourself every weekend or do you stay pretty calm throughout the weekend? I guess it's a pretty brutal sport mode across. There's so much to consider, worry about, you know, do you find you handle it all pretty well, mate? Do you do any special strategies or, you know, breathing techniques, this kind of stuff to help you sort of manage weekends? Yeah, obviously earlier days I was always quite nervous, so it was hard. But um, obviously, later on in like these last few seasons, I've been – lot calmer about it and just take it as it goes but yeah like on the start line I usually just you know deep breaths and I just look at the first turn and sort of like imagine in my you know head what's going to go down and like get that whole shot and stuff like that yeah mate that visualization technique's definitely massive in all sports you hear about it so you're on the right path there for sure mate and just want to talk a bit about your bike how much testing you get to do with it how much input do you have on your parts? Do you get a few cool parts here and there? Or is it pretty much bone stock, mate? And you're obviously making it work with the tools and the resources you have. Yeah, so Bruce Linsdale, he's like a big part of that, you know, bike setup and with my engine. So we've sort of been running on the same suspension setup for the last year that we um got pretty good, like pretty dialed in. So I sort of don't really change from that. And then... Engine work wise, he he helps out a lot. So he just really does everything, and we just get the parts we want to use, and then he makes it work with what the like the money we got. And um, yeah, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be able to do half the stuff we do with our bike. So yeah, yeah. What do you find with the you know channeling your resources? What are the key things you like to set up? Obviously, suspension is extremely important. Is that where you channel a lot of those resources towards? Yeah. So obviously. 
the comfortability of the bike is the main, you know, main thing. So that's why, you know, we sort of focus on getting that sorted first and then sort of build the bike from there, get the power that we want. And then, yeah, nothing too crazy with the motors, but the Yamahas are obviously a good platform to start with already. They're a fast bike. So, yeah, mate, it certainly is. You can see that all over the world. People doing great things on stock bikes there. And obviously you're not doing Supercross, mate, but you're going to be still doing some training in that. Just talk us about through that and I guess the plans for the rest of the year. I guess just a lot of training and building into next year is the goal, is it? Yeah, so obviously not going to race Supercross this year just due to the fact I haven't ridden a whole lot of Supercross before and I'd rather just sort of get a base on Supercross before I go and go into the races. So, yeah, I'll do it try and get onto a few tracks and, you know, do a little bit of training and that whatnot. And you keep track of the, you know, the Lawrence brothers and the Aussies abroad like Mitch Evans, just the series as MXGP and the AMA Pro Motocross obviously was great on the weekend. Both of the Lawrence brothers winning the championship. You keep a pretty close track on that, mate. It's pretty amazing what they're doing, you know, the speed, the skill, the mindset. It's all stuff you can look up to and just watching Jet do his stuff. It's like poetry in motion, isn't it, mate? It's pretty impressive stuff heading into SMX for him. And I guess pretty depressing for the competition, just seeing how good he is for the next 10 plus years, having to battle that week in, week out. It must sort of put you in a funny place. You know, you got to, there's a long way to go to beat him every week. Like he's, you know, he's just gone 22 and 0 against all these heavy hitters. And that's must sort of shift their mindset a bit too. So your thoughts on him and just the Aussies doing their thing. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing to see those boys doing so well over there after, you know, starting off in Australia and then working their way through Europe. And, yeah, Jets 22 and 0 is a pretty – it's an achievement in itself. And, you know, Hunter's been consistent all year. Um, and, yeah, he's just been there till the end and he got it done. And then, yeah, obviously Mitch Evans and all that over in Europe, it's good following those boys. Um, you know, he hasn't had the best run, obviously, but – He's been building lately, and um, yeah, it's good to see everyone you know overseas doing the Aussies proud. So yeah, yeah, mate, it's definitely inspirational to to all of us here. So I guess with the motocross the nations, it'd be pretty amazing. Australia's definitely one of the favourites after the podium last year was super impressive, mate. Would you uh, go with the team of the Lawrence brothers and Mitch Evans at this point, or would you think the better option is to go for Ferris, or you know maybe even put Todd or Crawford on a 250 and put Hunter on a 450? There's so many options. The depth is massive in Australia, mate. So you got the opinions on it? Just probably stick to the team from last year is probably the safe option because, you know, Mitch being in Europe with the Kawasaki, you know, on the tracks, having the experience, having the infrastructure there probably makes sense. But it's pretty cool to have options still, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Obviously, you'd love to see the two Lawrence boys back on the team again. And, um, yeah, the fourth, like the Mitch Evans or, you know, Ferris is a hard one because Ferris has done so well this year in Australia. But um, Mitch has been overseas in MXGP and he's been racing those boys all year long. And, you know, he's got obviously got a lot more resources under his belt as well with Cowie and whatnot. And Ferris isn't really on a full factory team he's on his own deal but obviously he's got connections as well but yeah i reckon those boys from last year could be a good chance to get it done yeah mate it's going to be awesome and just your thoughts watching the racing i guess in america or some of the other guys that have stood out to you have you enjoyed watching deegan and sort of how good he's been opening a lot of eyes obviously he sort of made a couple of those jabs at hunt after washugal but he's been really impressive mate completely different styles to the aussie blokes and just really sort of hard charge he goes for it doesn't he mate you enjoyed that sort of 250 class it's been a pretty tight title fight all year so he's one you're sort of looking up to as well mate just keeping track of because it's certainly interesting isn't he 
yeah, he's an unreal rider for his age as well. You know, he's only just started out. And, yeah, the way he rides is obviously a lot different to the Lawrence boys. He's more of a, an aggressive rider. And, you know, just even from the weekend, the videos of him just launching the jumps and uh, just going for it really and just making his making a statement. Yeah. And how would you describe your riding style, mate? And I guess growing up, who were your idols, you know, in Australia and abroad, I guess, because there's so many different, you know, pieces of information you can gain to make yourself better and model yourself on. So how about those for you? Yeah, obviously, I'm I'm a little bit of an aggressive, got an aggressive riding style. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've always sort of been like that. And, um, yeah, someone for me uh, personally is, Kyle McKetty, he um he was a coach uh, for me for a very long time, and he was someone I always looked up to as a kid. He was a sort of a low level national rider as well himself, sort of like me, a privateer. You know, didn't really get noticed, but yeah, he was a massive role model for me, and um yeah, for the way I ride and stuff like that. Yeah, mate, absolutely. I just wanted to sort of touch on confidence in the sport is massive, and. You know, it's just there's so much impetus on it. It can make, you know, gathering momentum like you did after Wodonga. That must have been such a boost. And it gives you that sort of elevated level when you're on the gate. You just feel so much more at ease and, I guess, comfortable with the level, mate. So how do you find it? And, you know, dealing when you're not at the most confident, it can be pretty hard to deal with, mate. So how do you sort of deal with the ups and downs of the sport? Because it's not easy, is it? No, it's not. It's hard because, you know, you, you come from somewhere like having a good round at Wodonga and then, you know, you go to a different track and it's harder and, you know, you have a shit round or whatnot. It's, it does put a damper on your confidence. But, you know, you sort of, I sort of looked at it this year as like if if I've had a bad race, you know, you don't let it get to you. Just you move on to the next weekend or the next, you know, the next moto sort of thing like that. Because when you sort of let it get to you, it sort of brings you down and then it just affects your whole day. You sort of just got to move on from it and take it as it goes. Yeah, it's a good approach to have, especially for someone so young like yourself, mate. It certainly holds you in good stead. And I guess you got to extract the happiness out of the things you're doing as well, don't you? Because if you're sort of looking at everything, you know, in a downward sort of motion, so it's hard to sort of get up for it, isn't it, mate? So I guess you got to let it soak in. And I guess you got to be proud of what you're doing, mate, because uh, not everyone can do it. And there's only a select few that, you know, really choose to do what you do, mate. So do you sort of take a second and look back and think it's pretty cool and I'm satisfied with what I'm doing? Yeah, 100%. you got to be grateful, you know, just to be at the level I am racing at. You know, you can't. You can't expect to go out and be top five when, you know, I'm not even riding every day like these other boys are. So, you know, you sort of got to look at it as, you know, even though, say, I get 19th in a moto and because I've crashed or something, you got to say, well, I come back from, you know, 30th to that point. And I was battling with boys that are, you know, and sometimes I'm battling with factory riders, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's always good. Yeah, and especially dealing with guys that have done a lot more and they're a lot older, so they've got a lot more experience under your belt, mate. So, no, nah, it's pretty cool, mate, and just hope you to see the progress keep coming on in the years to come. And just sort of obviously with it being such a heavy sport, doing the motocross, do you have a few hobbies outside of the sport you like doing to sort of keep your mind off things? Yeah, obviously CrossFit is a hobby for me. Yeah. Um, I, I love mountain bike riding, stuff like that. Um, going away camping with my mates, forward driving, sort of things like that. Just relaxing, you know, get your mind off things, you know. Awesome, yeah. mate. And do you follow any sort of other professional sports to gain some insights you can use towards your motocross or are you just all in on the moto? Oh, I'm sort of all in on the moto. You know, I follow sort of 
you know, MotoGP and stuff like that, F1, you know, love seeing, watching that sort of thing. But, yeah, it's mainly mainly motocross I focus on. It's yeah, mate. basically my whole life. Yeah, mate, it's awesome. It's, you can't go wrong, and there's just so much racing. Like the weekend at the Pro-MX, there was obviously you guys racing the Aussie Series, and then there was MXGP, AMA. And there's vets races all over in the UK the last two weekends. There's so much. ADAC was on this weekend, the German Championship, really great series. So there's so much motocross for the fans out there to enjoy. And I guess you're looking forward to the SMX playoffs. It's going to be a bit of a flip of the script, a bit of a reset for all the riders. And it'll be just cool to see how it plans out with the, the tracks and how the events work and the format. And it's good, the prize money for all these guys, isn't it? So you'll be tuning in with interest, will you, mate? Oh, 100%. It'll be good to watch because, you know, a lot of the boys that, didn't get places they wanted in the championships. So, you know, they get another sort of shot at it. And it's good to see that they've got prize money for majority of the, you know, the riders that are going to be in that top 20 sort of thing. And, you know, they're paying out pretty good money. So it's always good to see that they're putting, you know, putting back into the sport and those privateers are going to get something out of it as well. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Is it one of your dreams, I guess, to head to America and maybe do some pro nationals or some supercross? Is that definitely something you're looking towards in the future? Because it's kind of accessible. You can sort of put your name up, sign up, and if you're fast enough, you can make that top 40 and qualify like a lot of those European guys have been heading over to do this year. So it's a cool, I guess, opportunity for those. And is that something you'll be aiming to do in the future? Yeah, I'd love to go over and do something like that. Obviously, you know, sponsors and funding will be play a big part in that. But It'd be something that I'd really love to do, you know, go over there and just even experience one race, you know, see how I went, you know. Um, but, yeah, it'd be something I'd love to do in the future for sure. Yeah. Have you been over to America and Europe and watched some races yourself too, mate? Any supercrosses? Obviously, it'd be a dream of everyone to go watch A1, something I'd definitely keen to do one day. But you've been... Uh, I haven't been over to watch. I've just been over when I went over um, training. I didn't really get to watch any racing while I was there just because it was so full on with training there and whatnot. But I'd love to go back over and just to even go and watch one of the Supercrosses and whatnot. Yeah, mate, there's so much cool stuff there. And just before I let you go, mate, just wanted to give you a chance to where can they follow you? Where can they find about your journey and your career? And just yeah, anyone else you wanted to thank, mate, before we uh, close this one up because it's been a great episode. Yeah, obviously you can find me on uh, Instagram at Jacob underscore sweet underscore 79. Um, I post a lot of my stuff on there. So thanking all my sponsors and uh, a lot of race updates from the weekends. And um, yeah, obviously just like to thank my parents uh, for basically allowing me to do this. They're basically the people that make it happen, to be honest. And um, yeah, obviously Bruce Lindsay, Cassins, Motorcycles and um, Team Moto Frankston. Yeah, well said, mate. Yeah, everyone go check it out. Great privateer, young Aussie on the rise. So keep track of his progress like we all will be here at MX Vice, mate. So, yeah, before we let you go, we'll just thank again the sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, A Street Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and, of course, Even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, there is no us. So thanks again for joining us, Jacob. Been a ripper chat, mate. And I look forward to getting you back on again one day and all the best for the future. No worries. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you. No worries, mate. Cheers.